For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Continuing on tonight with a with a series that I've really been enjoying so far. This is the third of four of the Evolution of the Game podcasts. In this case, we're going to talk about one I think a lot of people want to talk to. We've talked about league structure and league economics so far. Now we're talking about the rules and what what rules maybe still deserve to be changes. You know, there's been a lot of evolution in, in the rules, obviously, over time. We're going to talk about that very briefly at the beginning. Uh, joining me again for this is a guy who brought the topic uh, to the table is Colt Scardina. Colt, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, here we are at the penultimate episode. If this was Prestige TV, I think this would be the best one. And <laughs> I think that that fits in uh, because in-game rules, like you alluded to, uh, this is what people talk about all the time. And I think uh, I think this is going to be a good one. Yeah, so I, I definitely what uh, I've been looking forward to. We talk about the rules, the NFL, some of the big uh, changes that have been made over time in in 73 i believe it was they moved the goalpost back to the back of the end zone mm-hmm. uh took away added a lot of player safety uh in that <laughs> just getting rid of the goalposts at the at the goal line and certainly uh added distance to the field goal game and at a time when field goal percentage increases were increasing year over year so actually the timing was quite good for that uh 78 was the other enormous set of rule changes where they outlawed bump and run coverages uh, gave defensive backs just one bump within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Uh, so Mel Blunt no longer was the kind of force he had been during the uh, middle part of the 70s with bump and run coverages. And, and offenses uh, really got a better uh, break at the passing game in terms of uh, how that would be dealt. So uh, lots of changes in 78, including that 16-game schedule came along. But in terms of rules changes, that was the really big one um, of that era. Uh, they did have a change, and I'm not sure exactly when it came into play, where holding calls were always 10 yards from the original spot if they happened behind the line of scrimmage. And if you remember back to Super Bowl V, uh, there'll be a few people who were actually uh, you know, here who really remember that game. But in Super Bowl V, um, 
Mike Curtis's pivotal interception that set the Colts up for their final touchdown came on a second and 35 play. That second and 35 <laughs> play was set up for it by a 10 yard holding penalty, you know, and a 15 yard holding penalty because it was 15 at the time that was tacked onto the fact that it happened 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Well, wow. so enormous penalty. Roy Hilton drew it on uh, Neil, I believe was the, uh, the left tackle for the Cowboys at that time, but a big penalty anyway. So, That'll be a lot of what we talk about today, I'm sure, Colt. But let's talk about, you know, the modern game now. People understand kind of where we are now. They understand, no doubt, a lot of the problems that have come up in terms of in-game results. Uh, and, and I want you to kind of take us through kind of your thoughts on what would be some good rule changes. Of course, yeah. No, I appreciate it. Um, I will say just right off the bat, I'm I'm going to do my best not to use this as an, a, an excuse to uh, unload on officials. <laughs> I think they have a, a job that I could not. I was a little league umpire. I was terrible at that. I can't imagine um, the, <laughs> being being an official in the NFL. So I'm I'm, I'm going to leave them be for the most part. It seems like uh, sport every um, Sunday for people to just kind of jump on them. Um, you know, tough job. They they um, they could be better, but I'm, I'm not going to use that as this opportunity. But I do want to start um, and this might be a weird place to start for people. But I do want to talk to you about replay and um, and your feelings on it. Now, uh, this will have a domino effect on some of the other things that I talk about. But really, my problem with replay is the scope creep that's associated with it. Right. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think, and, and this is what it's become, but I don't think it needs to be that we're never getting a call wrong, right? It, it's it's become that 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 the game is so um, sacred that you know it, a call in the second quarter with five minutes to go needs to be one hundred percent correct. What I was always how it was sold to me and how it was sold to the uh, the fan base uh, or the, the NFL fans. Uh, before it was implemented was that we're just avoiding egregious calls. And the, I think the worst case that I've ever seen um, was actually not football, but baseball when that Tigers pitcher lost his perfect game yeah, uh, on the 27th out, uh, which was clearly an out. And even if it wasn't, come on guy, like <laughs> if the guy is perfect game. Um, right. But the, the um, that, that shows why it's needed. But as soon as it gets implemented, then, people i mean these replays are taking six seven minutes a guy's shoelace touches the the out of bounds marker and and we're bringing the ball back it really should be to avoid the most egregious um missed calls and my fix for that would be to just give a set number of replays maybe you get you get six replays three from uh three different angles, three of them are at regular speed, three of them are at half speed. And if you can't tell from those six replays that something terribly, uh, you know, there was a terrible miscarriage of justice in those six replays, then the play stands. Um, so what do you feel about replay? Do you like that suggestion or would you go another route? It's, it's an interesting one. Um, I, I don't feel currently like the games are being extended unduly by replay. I think there's a certain value in, in having it. Um, I, I'm not sure I would, you know, having six different replays where you can go to them and and you can watch Mm -hmm. them only once. That's, that's another part of your, your thing. Each Uh, each one you can only watch once. Uh, you would watch it once at full speed and then once at half speed. Right. So if you're, we could use some sort of sky judge, uh, Amazon AI, you know, if you're, if you're at at the 50 yard line on the left hash, you get three, these three cameras. If you're at the 25 yard line on the right hash, you get these three cameras. Right. 
because it's uh-huh. it's being it's being conducted by New York anyway, you know, and they're just letting people know. Um, are they are those is that is that done all in New York now? I for, I've forgotten. I know the officials were still looking at something that was on the field, but those that's changed. You know what? I could be I conflating that. that with. <laughs> I, well, I could be Hockey, conflating that with <laughs> baseball. Yeah, that's yeah. how it happens in baseball. So I was always under the impression that they're going to that little tent, but they're not. They're not actually making the call. Somebody's letting them know what um if if the call okay. is reversed or not. You know, this um, is really bad. I really don't know either. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, I I don't hate the idea of calls going to New York. And you know, this will come up later in the episode. Maybe this is the time to talk about it. Is that you know, one of the nice things about replay and about having other elements of the game be dictated electronically is that you you remove any pretense, any thought of crooked officiating or yep. more of that. And and with the way that, you know, we talked about this in the previous episodes, that football has really embedded itself with gambling. That's pretty important to make sure that the game's credibility is not challenged. And so you don't you don't want uh, any thought that, that that an official could be bought off, and officials are mm-hmm. one of the lowest paid groups right. the, of, of of people who work in that, and you know, unfortunately, one of the things that be obviously potentially the weakest link. Right. So if there's a, if there's a pain point that somebody could exploit, it's going to be it could very well be officials. We saw that in uh, basketball with I think it was Tim Donahue, if it was his. Uh, I'm remembering that name correctly. Um, but yeah, so if you're if you're removing that aspect of it because it's not like <laughs> you'd have to pay off the guy in new york knowing that he's going to have to re- review a call for your game that you're you know that you're trying to uh to put the fix in on um maybe the maybe the mob could figure out a way to do it but <laughs> it seems a little convoluted to uh to me so i do i do uh, like you said i like to remove it i like to put the replay in new york and most of these replays are you know binary it's an either or if if it's mm-hmm. either going to be here or going to be there. Nobody needs to leave the field. You know, everybody can just, you can actually have the ball where one of the two scenarios would take place ready to play mm-hmm. the game rather than come out. And, you know, the, uh, even the, even their announcement and, and there's sometimes when they do have to explain what happened, you know, the runner was down and then, blah, blah, blah. but most of the time it's just like, no, that it was out of bounds. You know, you don't need to tell us that just put it on the, put it on the jumbo truck. Sure. The uh, the announcers can tell the people at home. We can get back to football, you know. So I know I know you um, you said before you don't think that it's extending the game. I, I I'll take the other side of that. I do think a lot of this is needless, right? It's not that it's not that I want to get rid of replay. It's just like these these buffers around it where the the refs have to get together and talk, and then they have to run over to that little blue tent. It's like this stuff. This part of it could be cut out, and we could get closer. You know, we could have more action on the screen. I, I'm going to say I'll take the other side of that again in terms of the length of the play is that the football has less variation in length of play than just about any sport. Hockey hockey has some variation with, you know, fighting and things that can extend games, injuries sometimes that can extend. And football has injuries, too. But um, baseball, much more variation. Balls, strikes, the amount of people on, on base in terms of the length of the game, they have much more of a, a you know, really an issue with that. And even basketball with with you know, overtimes and some of the other, the, the call reviews that can delay the game in that are, are, uh, are, are, you know, more prevalent. I, I think I would say in terms of the amount of time that they can extend a, a game by or the variation of the amount of time. Anyway, I don't think people are as bothered with football, honestly. And part of it is that, you know, we only get one game per week for our favorite team and it's three hours in baseball. Mm-hmm. You get a game every night and it might be 
two hours and 25 minutes, or it might be four hours and 10 minutes. And that's <laughs> yeah. a, that's a big difference for people. And they, they, yeah. they care. And particularly when they're going to the game, one o'clock game, I get home at five, I get home at five thirty. Do I really care? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And, and it might not, um, really matter to people because if the Ravens are on, uh, you know, in the middle of a replay, they probably flip over to Fox and they're watching the NFC game for two minutes and then they're back over to the Ravens. Um, you know, I, I pretty much keep it, um, uh, glued to the Ravens. So when it's, when I, when I'm and it's, if it's a, if it's a clear cut situation where, you know, it's either, he was either out of bounds or he wasn't out of bounds, like just Mm -hmm. stay on the field. New York will tell you, somebody will tell you, put the ball down and let's get to the next play. Um, but you know, uh, I understand that, like you said, it's, it's not, it's not the end of the world. If, uh, if, you know, one, one time a week we have one extended replay, it's, uh, not like baseball where, geez, I can't, if every time I see an umpire run over, waddle over to the, uh, to that headset, just so we can, um, you know, Mm -hmm. and again, that's something that they could just put on the jumbotron, like, Hey, he was out you know, everybody can leave the field. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, it's one of the nice things about having a robo umpire in baseball, which is that's, that's the so completely necessary given, you know, how the technology has grown and exactly what the fans can see on TV and how you can literally see how badly each missed call is uh, for for the umpires. They really need to have a robo umpire that will, uh, pick up the uh, uh, the ball better and and uh, do as good a job as they do on TV in terms of matching that. But I, I, you know, to the degree they have elements of that in football that they can apply, don't have a problem. You know, if it's something about you know did a uh, did a did a um, what's it called a pylon get hit before uh, you know an out of bounds got hit, if they have that kind of stuff, or if they you know mm-hmm. more overhead cameras or whatever, and it, you know if those calls can be reviewed by a sky judge and that called down to the field. And then, uh, you know, effectively an overturn happening without challenge. I'm fine with that as well. Uh, Same. I, I don't, I, yeah. Yeah. It, it would be pretty much the same thing as all the officials getting together and speaking and talking it out. Right. Yeah. But this just, this guy has the, the, the sky cam at his disposal. He's in everybody's ear. He can just say, Nope. I know what you thought you saw on the field. I have clear evidence right here. That wasn't it. We're putting it at the two yard line or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Sky Judge. I'm for that. I'm for technology making the um, officiating better. It's just the um, the drawn out aspect of it. But I guess that's uh, we'll we'll have to agree to disagree on on, on that. Sure. Element. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Let's talk about some other rules. Yeah. So the the reason I wanted to start with uh, replay is because uh, some of the things that I I would like to um, some of the rule changes that I would like to see are uh, directly related to replay and, and just I think things that we take for granted or things that maybe not that we take for granted, but things that the officials take for granted um, should really be challengeable. Right. So the my my um, uh, one that I would like to start with is roughing the passer. Um, mm-hmm. it's just such a bang, bang play. Uh, the, uh, the official, sometimes it's just at, at a terrible angle to make the call about whether, um, whether something, you know, nefarious happened and then he, that's it. You know, it's either I'm throwing this or I'm not. Um, the fact that this is 15 yards and a automatic set of first downs. I mean, it, it, in my opinion, it, uh, directly calls the Ravens that, that Titans game, the, um, 
the regular season game, but two, between the two playoff games and the whole logo stomping thing started, mm-hmm. there was a uh, late in the second quarter. Uh, they had the the Titans, I think, third down and like 13 or something, incomplete pass, a BS uh, uh, roughing the passer call, new set of downs. Obviously, they they go down and score. It's a tie game. We lose in overtime. You know, without that, mm-hmm. um, without that call, you could argue. You know, obviously, you don't know butterfly effect. You don't know how the second half is going to go. But um, you could argue that uh, we win that game um, in in regular uh, regular time. And roughing the passer has been a problem for the Ravens in general. They 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 generate a lot of QHs, which means more roughing the passers because most of your roughing the passer situations occur as a result of QHs. They're not as a result of sacks. Um, and the Ravens had had led the league one year. They might have been close the next year, but but it is a bang bang play. I agree with you. I would love it to be reviewable. Uh, I think some of the some of the problem of the Ravens, you know not policing it internally is also an issue. It's it's Harbaugh talks about it. He says, you know, you got to get used to how the officials are going to call it, whether or not you agree with it. Uh, most of that rides with the players, but also I think that the um, Ravens coaches probably need to do more to do what Belichick does and scout the individual officiating crews. And they may say something, but do more, whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. impress that message more fully in terms of, okay, this is a crew that's very tight on roughing the passer calls. You can't do anything um, and, and make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah. I was always, uh, cause I did notice that they, they rack them up um, <laughs> quite frequently. I was mm-hmm. always uh, curious to know if they were just sort of uh, like a, like a pitcher would be effectively wild, right? It's, <laughs> you yeah. put it in the quarterback's head that, Hey, we're going to come and we're going to hit you. We'll take the 15 yards. Uh, we'll take, you know, we'll give you the first downs, but you're going to be dirty by the end of the game. Um, Cause we're going to, we're going to, we're going to hit you as much as we want. Um, again, if, they, if, if that's what they're doing and they, if, if the call's warranted, I got no problem. Right. You know, they, they, did something, they went low, they hit a quarterback in the head, um, give them the 15 yards. But it's just these ticky-tack ones, especially, oh, my God, that it just popped into my head. Aaron Rodgers last year, he should have got mm-hmm. the Oscar for, I, I forget who it was, but he, he breathed on him Flopping. and he fell down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if if uh, 15 yards and a first down is the call for uh, roughing the passer, then flopping should be 15, like it should be that second and 35 situation that you were talking about with the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, you know, push the Packers back that far. It's just, uh, it, it's just a shame that it's so lopsided towards the uh, offense instead of the defense. This is true of pass interference calls as well, but but these are often game changing penalties that come up on uh, close out to close out drives, and then the drive is unclosed out plus a big yardage benefit, uh, mm-hmm. you know, out of the thing. So it's it's a it's definitely it's one of the top penalties to be considered, certainly in terms of how you yeah. how you look at things. And then if you and I got our way and we got that sky judge that could review things automatically, um, that's one of the things that they could look at. You know, they see the yellow Mm -hmm. flag while the play is still going on. You know, the ball's still in the air. They're they're doing whatever they're doing down the field. This guy can look at it and say, okay, that was clearly flopping or that was clearly incidental. Or he can say, no, that was dirty. And if this is an incomplete pass, they're getting a first down and 15 yards. So um, there's with technology, with even um, with this, the current review system they have, it's possible. All they have to do is flag it as a reviewable play. And uh, we did, we'd see the end of a lot of these, uh, <laughs> these terrible, terrible goals. Right. So you would, yeah. you'd, 
You'd allow the other team, the offensive team to be huddling up normally, not waiting for a review necessarily. Uh, but uh, somebody on the field or maybe the sky judge pushes the secret button. And then all of a sudden you've got a review going on uh, that's before, not initiated by either team. Yeah. Before, before the, the before the next snap. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I would think, and again, this is kind of, this kind of goes back to uh, what I was saying before, you know, it, it, it's uh, it, like that, that Aaron Rodgers play was obvious to anybody watching in full time, right. Except for the, the, ju- the, the official, the back judge at a bad angle that couldn't see it, but a sky judge, I mean, the, the announcers called it, you know, from, from their position, all they had to do was look at their monitor one time and tell. Um, mm-hmm. So I would, I would think before, you know, if, uh, if a guy's throwing a 20 yard pass, but it falls incomplete, you know, there's going to be a decent amount of time that it takes for, um, to, to regroup, to get everybody the ball and everybody back. So they're going to have enough time to watch that play two, three times. And, and the sky judge will be able to tell whether it's um, warranted or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So uh, pass interference, did you want to, you, is, is that basically your spiel on that? Or did you have more to say about it? Uh, pass interference. I, I don't know if I would do reviewable just because of how much people, how much the league has uh, gone to the to the passing game. You and I will talk about that. Mm-hmm. You got. I'll talk about that in our next episode. Um, but I would say that a 15 yard cap on pass interference is uh, something I would like to see. Now, that's is it fair? I don't. I don't know. If you, if if um, if it wasn't a if it wasn't a pass interference call at 40 yards, then the offense shouldn't get 15 yards for it. But it does mitigate some of the problems. I mean, some of this ticky tack stuff uh, was the Ravens at the Eagles um, last year. Uh, no, 2019 maybe. It was, Carson Wentz was still there, and um, uh, Humphrey got called on a on a 44 yard, 45 yard pass interference that was absolutely ridiculous you know and i mean i mean that's half the field and then that game Mm -hmm. was very i think we only won because of a great play stopping a two-point conversion at the very very end right that's right i mean that game yeah that game shouldn't have been anywhere close to that because that call should have never never happened so does it 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 doesn't i would you know it's worth talking about whether to review it again my my problem with review is how much time it adds and if we started reviewing every pass interference call it would be uh pretty um pretty time intensive but if you just cap it at 15 yards that mitigates some of the uh the egregious um benefit that a ticky tack uh pass interference call gives to the offense I'm going to take the other side of that. I, I think I would say that um, capping PI will cause more problems and more unintended consequences than people realize. And if people don't want pass interference to calls to take over the game and to be the huge benefit of the, for the offense. But you also don't want them to be a an out for the defense where the defensive back is beat. Ball's in the air. The, the penalty may happen. Uh, it doesn't matter where the penalty happens, but if it's more than 15 yards downfield, mm. and the, the 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 defense uses that as a way to reduce their beatenness to only 15 yards, just tackle the guy and you're you know, you're fine. So if you had maybe if you had two levels of mm-hmm. penalty, so you had a 15 yard and you had a spot, uh, you know I could see that. I just I can't see making it always um, always 15. I, I just I, I do. Think, I, I, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I do like that. It's before they had um, the two levels of face mask, right? So it was the intentional mm-hmm. and the unintentional. So um, I would bring that back, but that's <laughs> we can talk about that yeah, if you'd like. Other sports have it with intentional fouls, yeah. for example, in basketball and and uh, and such. So it's not like that's unheard of. I, I think in terms of penalties, and I think this might be the last penalty we talked about. I want to make sure I get this in, is that penalties have very different leverage. As, as they go. And I, I, I don't talk about this too often, but, but I want to make sure I know this because this comes up in my offensive line scoring system all the time. But as it stands now, and I realize this is really wrong within my system, I treat all five-yard penalties as the same. And they are very much not. A pre-snap penalty for delay of game or for, or for um, uh, false start is a five-yard non-loss of down penalty that uh, is not as severe as an IDP, an illegal man downfield penalty. Well, why? Because of the optionality of the IDP. Holding, same thing, although it's 10 yards, it's um, the optionality of it carries a tremendous benefit for the defense. And, you know, a, a fair number of those penalties are declined, and, and they're declined because they're happy with the result of the play as is. So it's if it's you get that or better, um, that's considerably better. And that's why um, I should have those penalties that the, the, the uh, um, uh, the ones that carry optionality carry an extra value uh, in terms of my system, but I haven't, I haven't done that yet. And I need to, I probably need to make that change. I just haven't done it after all these years, but that's something that, that um, uh, you know, expanding from that, just looking at two five yard penalties have very different, you know, impacts on the game afterwards. Uh, holding, you know, is in the middle there with it, which has a, a pretty damn big impact on the game. And it's very much, called and not called it's extremely frustrating in that regard in terms of of how often it's called but then you get an even higher leverage penalties of pass interference and uh, and roughing the passer uh, you know which often are drive ending plays reversed into drive extending and improving plays that are much much more serious leverage penalties so i i would like to have the nfl work from a leverage perspective and and have their analysts go back and look at hey what if what were the penalties this entire season which changed the win probability by the most then you know look at those and see hey what do you know these pass interference penalties seem to be a big portion of them and these roughing the passer penalties seem to be next and you know these other ones I, I, i go in that order in terms of fixing it or deciding how you want to deal with it uh I, I don't feel the need to have every single uh, you know false start reviewed. Obviously, that's silly. Yeah. Um, but but I but I would love to see them kind of uh, work from the from the most highest leverage penalties down in terms of how they treat those differently. Whether it's done by SkyCam automatic review from a Sky booth, it's done by you know automatic methods if if it can be. Uh, but you know all of the all of the tools that they have technology wise to to deal with uh, reducing the impact. Of, of missed high leverage penalty calls. Agreed. No, and, and I would never want to get rid of uh, human officials or anything like that. I think that things that mm-hmm. people are good at, they should do. And then the things that people that, uh, you know, machines or AI is good at that, they, you know, you can outsource to uh, outsource in that area. But yeah, like you said, false starts, I, that's, that's my problem with replay. And I know we were talking about it a lot. Uh, I think it's overused and, and, and over, um, uh, relied upon for uh, coaches mm-hmm. and the like, you know, especially, um, you know, we'll talk about baseball later, but um, it, it, it's not, it shouldn't be something that you always do or always go to. It should be something in your back pocket. 
Right. I, I, for, I forgot to mention one more that I really wanted to be done on an automatic basis. That's delay of game penalties. Very easy. All the technology is there. You can see if the thing is done. The Detroit Lions can stop whining and so can the Tennessee <laughs> Titans uh, after all these years. Uh, and, and we could just have that done by the by the, uh, uh, you know, a, a sky official or, or whatever. So the clock could even run to minus one or something if you want to allow it to, to be anything between a minus zero and, and a minus one is still OK. But when you get to minus one, it's not. I don't care how you define it. I really don't just just have it done somewhere off the field. So it's never a bone of contention. Yeah, have it done and done consistently the whole yeah. um premise behind it that the official looks at the ball until it's snapped and then looks at the play. I mean, it's just sort of silly yeah. when we have the technology that, you know, my phone has a clock that can count down and, and tell you whether yeah. that Lamar hiked that ball too, too slow, you know, yeah. but we would have, so, we wouldn't have got the 66 yarder. So <laughs> with the first down, maybe, or it would have been third and seven at Tennessee in, in 2008. So that would have oh, been okay. the other big one. Yeah. <laughs> So what's the next topic we're talking about here? Um, so I did. It's funny that you um, brought up the the bump and run stuff uh, coverage earlier because, uh, you know, building on top of the 15 yard pass inter- interference cap or the or the two flag system or however we want to look at it. What are, what are your thoughts about just uh, illegal contact or how um, offense and defense can relate to each other, um, you know, interact with each other uh, within five yards of the line of scrimmage after five, five yards of the line of scrimmage uh, rub plays, pick plays. What are your thoughts in that, in that area? Kind of two, two different things we're talking about here in terms of the illegal contact. I really don't have a problem with the way it's officiated today. Um, it, it can be a little bit of frustrating in terms of a differentiator, but I think they've been fairly consistent about getting to it. Uh, making that five yards, and it's not really five yards how they officiate. It's probably more like seven yards. They allow mm-hmm. the contact to continue. Uh, it's really important when it gets initiated. They they're, they're pretty good about not allowing that to be beyond five. But anyway, that's it's a. Um, uh, I think that part is okay. I think the pick and rub routes, and in, in particular in the division with the with the Steelers prevalence of uh, bunch formations and the, and the desire to use pick and rub plays to get players open. It would probably behoove the Ravens to have a more strict ruling on that. But honestly, I don't really care. The, the, either the defensive team should be able to adapt to whatever the rules are. Uh, if, you have, if that means you have to play your coverages differently because, you know, a bunch is set there. Well, learn to do it. You know, learn to learn to maybe commit an extra defender to a bunch formation in, in some situations. So you're, you're uh, uh, you know, more on with that. So I, I'm. Personally, I don't really have a problem with it. How, how do you feel about it? So the the rub plays, the pick plays, they um, and it, and it might be like you said the the, the amount of times I've seen the Steelers <laughs> sort of mm-hmm. uh, uh, run right into two of our guys, push them over, and then the the, the trailer uh, the trailing guy gets open. I mean. This all goes back to um, my offensive defensive balance thing that we'll talk about in the in the last episode here. Um, but I just want it called consistency consistently for both um, both sides. You know, if a offensive player can run right into two defensive players, knock them both, uh, you know, out mm-hmm. while, while on a pass play and have the person behind him, you know, catch the ball and, and, and run, then a defensive player should be able to run right into two offensive players on a pass play within five yards of the line of scrimmage and disrupt the play that way. Um, 
so I don't, I, I, I'm sort of with you with, I don't, if, if you got to be smart enough as a defense to, you know, pick plays aren't anything new. It's not like uh, um, the alley-oop and that, that one uh, uh, Will Ferrell movie where they, they had never seen it before. And, you know, they, they're well, they're well versed in, uh, in how to defend pick plays, but I just, um, I just want to see uh, it called both ways. Right. So if, if you're going to call Fair this ticky tack stuff on the, on the defense, then call the ticky tack stuff on the offense. If you're going to let the offense do uh pick plays and things like that then you got to let the defense really um be able to man up within five yards of the line of scrimmage i i'm i'm okay again with whatever the ruling is i think what you're getting into now is a how the game is played component where Mm -hmm. you're trying to decide whether or not it's important to give another advantage to the offense or the defense which is fine by the way we should get into that in the last episode right but but it's like in baseball i think that that pitchers the way that pitchers have caught up with with hitters and the way that shifts have caught up with hitters, it's not the problem of the shifts. And it's not the problem of the pitcher. So you don't don't try and you know undo those things, which are very natural. Uh, instead, you know, change the bases to ninety one feet, make the mound sixty one point five feet away instead of sixty point five, if that's going to be what 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 changes things. But you know, baseball has gone through so many changes in its rules that nothing is sacred any longer in terms of you know how statistics relate to each other from era to era i mean you know they've they've changed the rules as needed to balance the game more interestingly and i think if you're going to have competing philosophies of play and you really want that then you want more batted balls in play deciding the outcomes of game and probably fewer home runs well, I think you read my mind there. <laughs> no, like you said, we will uh, we'll get we'll start talking about all of that uh, next time um, because I, I do uh, see where you're coming from. That nothing as far as well in my mind, a lot of this, a lot of the baseball rules are sacred. But again, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Mm-hmm. Football, I think none of these rules are sacred outside of ten yards, outside of four downs, outside of I don't. Um, hundred you know hundred yard field i think all of this should be um up for debate you know i I think everything should be malleable and you know try to try to put the best um set of rules forward each year so that the competition is the uh you know the fairest that it can be and that the product on the field is the most exciting that it can be yeah absolutely I completely agree. And and I think that's uh, that's one of the things they'll they'll have to kind of look at if some of the things we we have hypothesized in our early episodes are correct, that expansion will further dilute the pocket quarterback pool, for example, because mm-hmm. you only have uh, you only have the same number of colleges. Presumably that's not going to grow dramatically producing the same number of total quarterbacks. They'll be of a varied state. You know, you'll, you'll have some pocket quarterbacks and some others, but presumably you're not going to have three times or, you know, 25% more pocket quarterbacks to fulfill the needs of the entire NFL. And teams are going to have to decide, you know, how, how else can I run my offense that'll make it still competitive? Um, but, but I don't, I, I can't get my hands on a pocket quarterback at, the, at a price that will allow me to compete otherwise. Meaning, I, I'd either have to have to trade my entire draft capital to get one uh, for for maybe multiple years, like the Cleveland Browns have, or I'd have to, uh, you know, go out and buy one at a price I, I I just can't afford if there's one on the market, kind of thing. Or tank, and that's that's part of the problem with all of this, yeah. right? Um, I, I you know uh, I think we touched on this in a in a previous episode. I like putting uh, GM's feet to the fire and say, hey, you you need to figure this out. There's only going to be a certain amount of uh, you know, 
pocket passers. There's only going to be a certain amount of number one pitchers. You know, if you don't have one, if you don't have Clayton Kershaw, you still have to put somebody out there, right? Maybe it's a, maybe it's an opener, you know, start with your closer. I don't care. (laughs) Put somebody on the mound and have them start the game, put somebody behind the center, whether it's a wild card, excuse me, wildcat situation, or, you know, Tyler Huntley might not be the, one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the league. Maybe he's one of the top 38 when he was one of the top 40, maybe somebody wants to uh, give it a try. Um, you know, you could you could see and and then as you have more of these dual threat quarterbacks, you'll see more people like the um, uh, the McVeighs of the world that that cut their teeth and and open this air raid offense up. Well, now it's it's all these younger kids that are going to start designing um, playbooks for uh, yeah. dual threat quarterbacks and you know really stressing the defense that way. So uh, there's yeah. there's always you know there's one one way to skin a cat and and you know they there's enough money in the NFL that they can hire smart enough people to figure out how to do that. Yeah. I, I, I love the idea of, of uh, forcing that um, uh, competitive balance to occur by design and, and mm-hmm. that, that, you know, your GMs are going to have to solve that problem. They're also going to have to hire coaching staffs that, uh, and sometimes that's at the ownership level that begins with the, with a head coach that can do it or, or, or a head coach that's at least open-minded to, having a revolution in terms of how they, they run their offense or, uh, or run their defense. If it's some shortage of defensive players, you know, maybe the shortage is a cornerback, maybe the shortage is, you know, someplace in, in terms of covering receivers and hopefully the, the, the GMs uh, who figure out how to zig when everybody else is zagging should be able to do it more cheaply than everybody mm-hmm. else. And that will be the big win for them in terms of beating the cap and, and, uh, and providing value. So I love the idea. I, I expansion, could really do some fun things for the NFL in terms of, of, of forcing that. Yeah. So uh, not, not to hit on that too much. Um, and we started out and I, we just listened to that ep- or I, that episode was just released and I just re- listened to it and we started out so high on expansion, <laughs> 40 teams. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. And then by the end we had kind of talked ourselves out of it. I think it should expand. And um, if it gets to 40, just not in 10 years, I mean, over time mm-hmm. maybe, but um, anything that's going to grow the game and anything that's going to um, put GMs in a position, like you were saying, to get creative and, and find different ways to solve these, you know, quote unquote problems. They're not problems. They're you, you opted into being a GM in the national football league. <laughs> you need to figure out how to compete and how to compete at a high level, uh, in a, you know, in a relatively short time, but make that success go on for a relatively, <clears throat> excuse me, for a relatively long time. Um, that's the job description. That's what you need to do. And if you have to, if you have to use a wildcat system, if you have to, uh, you know, uh, draft guys that can play linebacker and safety, if you have to, if you have to draft guys that can play offensive and defensive line, I don't know, figure it out. Um, right. Yeah. It's, I mean, all of those, I mean, are interesting things. I think just, just what's going on with the Ravens and, and having that as a second option really adds a lot more potential quarterbacks. The other thing, it, I, I mean, I don't want to go too far on this. I really want to get into overtime rules and get the, and get to that. Cause we're kind of running out of time here, but mm. uh, you know, we, we haven't really, we didn't really address the point that when they start playing more football in other countries, that'll probably be a source of additional uh, American football players, but I, you know, it, it won't initially be that great. Uh, but, but, you know, look at the, at the dominance of Latin American players now in baseball 
And, you know, obviously the, the, you know, the game has grown tremendously. I mean, we've got Koreans, we've got Japanese players playing more. There, you know, through the time I was a young fan, there had only been one Japanese player uh, ever in the history of baseball, a guy uh, in, the, in the 60s, a pitcher with the Giants. Matsumori Murakami, I think it was, but but anyway, mm-hmm. uh, there'd only been one for a long time, and then you know we we had the first Korean player, and we had you know first players from other countries as well, and um, I think that's possible. I mean, it could be we're watching Brazilian quarterbacks at some points. Obviously, you know, population center, uh, uh, you know, they've got t- plenty of tall people in the country. It's it's definitely a uh, you know possibility that we that we may see that. Yeah, great athletes. I mean, the best soccer yeah. players in the world. I mean, they you don't have to worry about stamina <laughs> there because they, they, yeah. you're playing soccer from the time you're you're young. But um, yeah, if we if the game starts expanding overseas, that's you won't see it immediately, of course. But 20 years, you know, after the kids that were watching it and they played it, every, you know, gets what kids do. They obsess over something. They re- repeat it over and over and again in their head. They play it every day after school. Yeah, of course, we're going to see people you, you know you don't think there's a nordic guy that can play linebacker <laughs> no i just I, I he's he's got to get a college opportunity to play football in europe is probably the big thing and so you know one of the one of the things about the canadian football league that was was very funny when the when the when baltimore had a team is that baltimore is not limited in terms of having to re, having to be required to have a certain number of canadian players but all the canadian teams were limited they had had 20 canadian players on their roster oh, really most incredible <laughs> advantage of all and so if if the you know if if Baltimore was without a you know offensive lineman, they'd go to the best offensive lineman from Penn State or Iowa or wherever who is not currently in the NFL. You bring there him you in and, and 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 you got it filled. If you're if you're a Canadian team and it's one of your twenty has gone down, one of your twenty Canadian guys, you're like, oh crap, Edmonton Junior College. You know what do I have <laughs> in terms of a guy I can get on the roster who will, yeah. who will play that position? So obviously very challenging the, uh... for them. Can the Canucks goalie block? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Let's let's go ahead with the overtime stuff because I think that's been another uh, bugaboo for a lot of NFL teams right now, and I think there are probably solutions. But what do you think? Yeah, we we touched on this a little bit about um, both teams getting the ball in our last episode, and we kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there we kicked around a couple of ideas, and uh, I think it's I I think I still think my favorite. Um, idea especially in the playoffs is just let them play the 15 minutes um they've worked that long they've they've you know played their whole season it goes a little bit against what i was saying about preventing injuries but i mean it's the playoffs you know it's seven more minutes it's five more minutes just let the guys play um i think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh coach harbaugh's idea for overtime and this i believe it would just be um uh regular season uh, so you play the four quarters, you end up tied. And what he would like to do is one side, you know, team A picks a yard line and then team B says either we'll kick it or you'll kick it. And um, if the if from the, that yard line, from that yard line. Kicks. And if if the kicks made, it's, they win and yeah. the kicks lost, they lose. Yeah. No, no. no. I mean, you, they, they start the ball from there, right? Or are you talking about they kick a field goal from that point? That's all they do. They, that's uh, wow. if, if I'm, if I'm understanding. <laughs> well, no wonder goal, Harbaugh wants that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that was my so, joke. It was just like, yeah, you shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't create rules in the, in the rule book for your current roster. I mean, well, to right. say, Hey, why don't we have our quarterbacks race? <laughs> like, yeah. It's, that's I, fine I, when you know, have I, Lamar. 
I think three on three hockey for five minutes actually it made the game more exciting in terms of overtime. So I don't think that's really a, a, a negative thing. I really hate the shootout still. I know it's it has some drama. You know, it, it certainly has uh, things in in soccer that go right with it. But I I would prefer what to do in the playoffs or you just let some games get tied. I, so what? So you, you end up kissing your sister twelve times a year. It's, it's not that bad. No. The, the tie really isn't that bad, and I don't. It yeah. it, it does throw a little. I, it, it throws a monkey wrench in the playoff seedings sometimes. But I I kind of think that if you didn't win the game, then it's almost like a loss for as far as playoff seeding goes. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it you know if if the I think the Lions and the Steelers tied last year. I mean, okay, so they tied. It wasn't. We're all still here. The league didn't fold. It's not the end of the world. Right, yeah. if teams, if, you know, if teams walk away with a tie, it's it's kind of actually incredible that you know, with all of these, you know, these things that that have to do with chance and skill and and the fact that you could play sixty minutes of football and have the exact same score at the end. Um, uh, it, it's it's pretty amazing. Well, actually, they played what uh, seventy five minutes of football and had the exact same score at the end. So, uh, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not uh, terribly um, disaffected by ties. I think that they could do things to um, to fix or at least have a, a, like you said, you you want to stay away from gimmicky stuff. But if it's sort of like three on three hockey, then that's pretty cool. And it's a fine line between those things. But you're, you know, I mean, that's what the, the whole point of this, uh, uh, this exercise is to find the, to define those fine lines. So what do you think about um, these overtime? Yeah, I, I, I mean, the Harbaugh, the Harbaugh idea is, is frankly ridiculous. And, and, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to immediately set up a, a, a camp of, of two, two groups that would that have kickers and don't have kickers. And, you know, the ones that have long range kickers are going to want that. And the other ones that aren't going to want that. I think that's, that's just very silly. I think the, the more reasonable one is one team starts with the football and you can do it by two methods. You can either do it by the um, one team sets the yard line and the other team has to say, OK, I'll take it there or you take it there, which is the that's the child cutting the dessert method. If you if you have ch- two kids, at least, you know about this one. If you were one of two mm-hmm. kids, you know, one kid cuts and the other the, and the other kid choose, chooses uh, in terms of the, the remaining one. And then no one wants to cut, of course. But but, you know, that's that's life uh, right. in terms of the. In terms of the, uh, um, that's an accelerated bidding system, uh, essentially, where you know maybe the home team gets the opportunity to to set the yard line, uh, but but even even so, I mean nobody nobody wants to cut in that situation. So you can also just go out to midfield, and this could be a uh, televised event, and then, you know audio is there, and you have Lamar Jackson or whoever your representative is, and and uh, whoever uh, Tom Brady or whoever it is is on the other side going at overtime, and Lamar Jackson says. We'll start at the 14 yard line and Brady says, we'll go to the 13 and Lamar says, we'll go to the 12 and Brady says, it's all yours. Yeah. And then you, you start and, and you can even, you could go back to there and you could eliminate the multi-possession overtimes because if you're bidding on the starting yard line, you no longer have the concern, presumably, or you can get to a point where you don't have the concern about field goals ending at first. So I think mm-hmm. that would be a, a, something the players would be completely behind. I like the the name that tune aspect of it, where they're kind of bidding yeah. against each other, and where they can uh, where they can yeah. go. So in this in this um, scenario, does the team that has the ball they have to score or they lose, or no, they this, just play this it is, out? 
No, you you play on, but, but, okay. but they they start they start at the twelve yard line. There's no any more requirement of a touchdown or field goal. Or at least you we don't have to have that. Mm-hmm. And so if they can drive for a field goal, they can drive for a field goal and win it. And maybe that makes the bidding go back an average of four yards if it's if it's if it's you only need a field goal kind of thing. Uh, so yeah. maybe maybe the average starting field position is the eight or something that people will accept in, when all they have to do is drive for a field goal. Uh, no, I, but anyway, I like you, that. You, yeah, no, I like that a lot. I think it's um, it stays away from the it's it's interesting, it's intriguing, but it's not gimmicky. I think the most gimmicky uh, thing in football, especially when it comes to the playoffs, is the the college football playoffs. That is never mm-hmm. something that I want to see implemented in the NFL. I, and then they're like, oh, it was the highest scoring game of all time. It was ten to seven. <laughs> you know, it was like tied yeah. at ten after four quarters, and then they played uh, you know fifteen overtimes, and they say it was the highest scoring game of all time it's you know it's just um it, it none of that feels earned really um and i i i've just never never liked how they do um college playoffs like that well it's a, it's a in general i think it's a problem if you have to alternate possessions because you really i think then you need to snake draft the possessions you need to have the first one gets one and the next next team gets two in a row and if they happen to tie it they have to go again immediately because it's too much of an advantage to go second mm-hmm. in, in, under those circumstances so you really I, I it's it's a it's too no matter what you've got inequities that occur the bidding system will have each team price those inequities properly and so at least i think that makes sense you know, there will be plenty of people who say, no, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair because one team has, you know, a good offense and they can drive right down the field. And the, yeah. the good team always has an advantage in, yeah, in, any, in any football game. Yeah. That's a, the nature you started of it. at so, the 25, they're going to have an advantage. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, great stuff. Again, this is a, this is a really fun discussion. Lots of little facets. I, we didn't hit on nearly everything in this, but, but this is what we're going to be able to get done. Colt, really appreciate you coming on. Tell folks where they can talk football with you. Yeah. Uh, reach out to me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is last be more Colt. Uh, I just had my first tweet today. Uh, again, you were, you were in it. I think I, what I was trying to do was say I had a good time on your show. I think in Twitter parlance, it actually came off as me informing people that you had a good time talking to me. So that's, uh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's not what I intended. Um, I'm, I don't, I, don't I, I did have a good much. time talking to you. Oh, well, there true. we go. So at least it wasn't <laughs> yeah. a lie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah reach out, out to me on Twitter. I appreciate having you on, Cole. Other folks out there, if you'd like to to uh, do a film study short, this is the season for it. Uh, narrow topics that we can go deep on in 25 or 30 minutes are ideal. Uh, hit me up. DMs are always open on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. I'll get back to you very quickly. Cole, thanks again for coming on. And thanks for having me. This was great. A lot of fun. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.